This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real-life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here is your host, Julie Ames, on AM860, The Answer. Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping those parents and caregivers who are caring for special people. The theme of the show is the essay written by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place. So you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met. Holland is a code word for living life with those with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we all face in Holland will make us better people. It has been an interesting time for us in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities. Our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical teenager who is headed to college. We will be dropping her off at college this Thursday. We are planning for her older sisters to be with us. We feel that it's important that they have an opportunity to see and feel the excitement of Anna setting up her room and also the sadness of saying goodbye. We feel it's important for them to know where she lives. I have explained to them how Anna will always be their sister and she will always be our daughter. Um, I explained it in terms of Grammy. I am Grammy's daughter. I love Grammy. I don't live with Grammy. I talk to Grammy on the phone all the time and we visit regularly we also want marie and christina to have full lives and we feel this is just an important experience for them to watch their sister moving out because our plan is to help them move into a supported living place before we die we felt it would be unfair to them to have them do the hardest thing they will ever do in their lives without us there we have an awesome show today our guest is brian west the media and community relations manager for public supermarkets We'll be discussing public's philosophy of showing no preference when it comes to hiring employees who are differently abled. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer, our guest is Brian Russ, the Media and Community Relations Manager for Public Supermarkets. Hi, Brian. Good morning. Please tell our listeners how you came to work at Publix. There's a great story. So uh, when I graduated high school, um, unlike most of my friends, um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, most of my friends went on to college. Um, I went to college following my friends. Right. Um, but I would take some classes and then take some time off and take some classes and take some time off. And all the while I was taking time off, I was 
working with my dad doing construction. Um, I was working at the record store. I was lifeguard. I was doing all kinds of things. And uh, I think my dad saw the writing on the wall. And he called one day and said, uh, tomorrow you have an interview at Publix. So that's how I got started. Yes. Okay. We actually had my daughter go. You can now fill out the application online. online Isn't that at awesome? At the store. Yes. 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 That is awesome. Now you started in the deli at Publix. Yes. I started in what we call our deli kitchen, which is our deli manufacturing facility located in Lakeland. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then how did you go from there to being in charge of media relations? So I did just about everything there was to do at the deli kitchen and, um, Someone uh, in corporate manufacturing approached me one day and said, hey, there's a job opening in human resources at corporate, and I think you'd be perfect for it. You should apply. So uh, I wasn't even looking. So I applied and uh, I got hired. So uh, I wasn't expecting that, but it was great. And that was really my first kind of career move at Publix. I did that for about 10 years and... uh, then this role came open, and uh, it, it had come open one time before, but the timing wasn't right. Right. When it came open this time, the timing was right. So yes. that's how I landed in media and community relations. Yes. Well, about timing. You've got three teenage kids. Well, are, are one, one teenager, one preteen, and one very okay. preteen. Okay. So they are, uh, <laughs> let's see, I've got a daughter, Elizabeth, who is 15, okay. a son, Elijah, that just turned 12, and a son, Emery, who is about to be eight. Okay. Okay. So they're all over the place. Yes. It's we, an exciting time. It is. It's exciting if you like to drive. Yes. <laughs> we ride the roads. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, it was really neat because Publix, Publix, with special needs kids, Publix is everywhere in my life. I mean, they would be anyway mm-hmm. because you guys are everywhere. It doesn't matter if I go to a luncheon. Publix has given money for the luncheon, whether it's at mm-hmm. Metropolitan Ministries, um, for all the children's things, whether it's top, whether it's top soccer, mm-hmm. buddy baseball. Publix is always there, and yes. I've just always been amazed at that. The other thing that I've been amazed at is um, the schools that you work with, and you give vocational training to those mm-hmm. with special needs. And I was thinking to myself, you guys just don't get enough credit. There's got to be a philosophy to it. There's got to be something special that Publix is doing. And then when I called you, <laughs> you guys sent an email, you called me, and you said, oh, it's no big deal. Um, we just, we look at what people can do. I'm like, well, what are we going to talk about the whole show? <laughs> but that is so simple. It's it so is. simplistic. It but is. in that simplicity, that's, there's so much truth. If you look at what people can do. Yeah. You really, um, to, to understand where our culture is, especially related to us hiring people with an intellectual disability, yes. um, you really need to kind of understand where we started. Okay. So there's an interesting story here. So our founder, George Jenkins, um, grew up in a small town in Georgia, uh, Harris City. Yes. If you're not familiar with Harris City, you know, I like to ask people, especially here in the Tampa Bay area, have you ever driven through Waimama? And people say, sure. Yeah, I've been through Waimama. Well, Waimama is a thriving metropolis compared to Harris City, Georgia. Okay. It is a small, small, small town. But back in the, at the turn of the century, it was a thriving agricultural community. 
our founder, Mr. George, his dad operated an independent uh, mercantile store. So right. they sold groceries and they would sell rakes and shovels and, you know, you right. get all, all kinds of stuff there. But grocery at this point in time in our in our history here in the U.S. was very much full service. So you would walk into the store and you would say, Mr. Jenkins, I need uh, a pound of flour. I need some bacon. I need and you give a list and right. they would run around the store and grab all those items and then bring them to you in a bag or a couple of bags. And they'd say, OK, you owe us a dollar and 37 cents, you know, whatever it right. was. Right. So that was the environment that our founder, Mr. George, grew up in. As a kid, he spent his childhood years in that store. Right. But when he became 16 years old, he had graduated high school and he had his sights on being an engineer. Right. So he wanted to go to Georgia Tech. He was enrolled. He was attending classes. And kind of on a whim, he had heard that there was a real estate boom taking place in Florida. So with a friend, they traveled down here to Florida to the idea was to make a quick dollar and go right. back. But when they got here, they found out there was no real estate boom. And in the first couple of days he was here, he happened to cross paths with a gentleman who owned several Piggly Wiggly stores here yes. in the Tampa Bay area. So, yes, it's true. Piggly Wiggly used to operate stores here. I was Yes, that was a shock to me yes. when I read it. So he, he finds himself working for this uh, gentleman. And in a very short period of time, he is promoted to operate their number one store in Winter Haven, Florida. But about that same time, uh, the gentleman sells the, uh, the grocery chain over to a group of investors out of Atlanta. Yes. And he's told several times they're going to come visit him, but they never show up. Right. Now, he's their number one manager, and he's doing phenomenally well. Right. And he's 23 years old. Which is amazing. Amazing. Yes. So, but again, he grew up in that full service environment with his dad. It's, it's in his blood. Right. So he decides he's going to travel to Atlanta to see them. Um, I like to get people to kind of put their mind in the, in that point in time that, you know, this is 1930. Right. We didn't have interstate systems. We didn't have cars that were doing 70 miles an hour. There are stories of Mr. George having to move cows off the road. But it was literally a two-day trip to get to Atlanta. Right. So when he gets there, he is um, waiting and waiting and waiting. And all the while, he can hear them talking about their golf game over the weekend. Finally, he's told, they don't have time for you. Right. Now, he's traveled two days to see them, and he's their number one manager. So imagine how he feels. Yes. So he leaves, and in that two-day trip home, he decides he's going to go into business for himself, and he's going to show everybody. So the neat thing for us looking back on it is, where does he decide to open his first store, but right next door to the Piggly Wiggly that he'd been managing? Yes. So inside a year, he closes that Piggly Wiggly. Yes. He puts them out of business. And that is kind of how Publix got started. So we got started because of all this passion and our founder knew how to treat people. Um, it was something that he really learned from his mother. Um, right. he, he understood the importance of giving back, what it meant to be part of the community. So now you fast forward to 1972. And Mr. George learns that the Special Olympics uh, athletes from Florida were not going to be able to attend the games in Los Angeles because they couldn't afford the flight. Right. So he pays for it out of his own pocket. 
Yeah. So good stuff. So that kind of started our relationship with Special Olympics, and we've been very close to them since. Sorry, oh. I'm not trying to make anybody <laughs> cry. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take a break there? This is Julie uh, Ames. You're listening to AM860, The Answer. We'll be hmm. back in a moment. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you listen to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. I'm here with Brian West, the Media and Community Relations Manager for Public Supermarkets. We are discussing public's philosophy of showing no preference when it comes to hiring employees who are differently able. More importantly, we were just talking about how um, Mr. Jenkins... Or Mr. Mr. George, George is what Jenkins. we called him. Yes, Mr. Mm-hmm. George saved the day for Special Olympics Florida Special Olympians yes. in 1972 by paying for their flight out to Los Angeles. Yes. So that was the beginning, I guess, of the Special of, Olympics and Publix. Yeah, so that's the beginning of now a, uh, let's see, a 50, what is that? Or, for, excuse me, 47-year relationship. Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's it's been awesome for us. Um in 1990, we've so since then, since 72, right. we've maintained a relationship with them. And then in 1993, we brought them on to um, uh, a register campaign that we do uh, every year. So in and you January, have that going on right now. No, no, it, it's only uh, let's see, it's roughly I'm going to forget the number of days because we've changed the days. I think okay. it was 12 days this year, okay, the first couple of weeks of January. It's always in okay. January, but okay. I think the days the day count this year was twelve days. Okay. Um, so if you're a public shopper, this is right. where whenever you come through the register, our okay. cashiers will ask, "Would you like to make a contribution to Special Olympics?" And so you know, if from time to time we get pushback from some customers that will say, "I can't believe that we donate all this money and Publix takes credit for it," and we are very quick to say. And every opportunity we have that this money that's donated to Special Olympics Florida, in this case, is definitely 100% from our customers and our associates. They're the ones coming through the checkouts and making those donations. What we're proud of is how much they've donated. So since we started that register campaign to today, uh, through our 2019 campaign, we're over $51 million. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Well, yes. the other thing I had heard, not I don't not necessarily special Olympics, but I had heard that you guys used to give money anonymously. So a lot of these places and lunches mm-hmm. I go to that you would give money anonym, anonymously, mm-hmm. and people would start looking at you as this huge corporation. And why aren't you doing anything for the community? Yeah, it's it's been tough. So in let's see, in 1966, uh, Mr. George. Uh, created the George Washington Jenkins Foundation. Uh, Mr. George was always giving back to the community, always giving to folks. I mean, there are just countless and countless and countless stories of how he helped individuals, how he helped organizations um, all over Florida. Um, But in in the mid-60s is when he created the foundation. When Mr. George passed away in 1996, we renamed the foundation 
public supermarkets charities. Yes. So our foundation um, was created with Mr. George's own public stock. So he used his public stock to create the foundation. Wow. Um, so as Publix, a company, as, as our company does well and our stock increases, yes. well, then Publix Charities, the money that they have, increases. They have some other investments as well, but as as we're doing well as a company, right. those investments are doing well. And each year, our foundation is really giving away the interest off the principal. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And, and I can tell you for 20... Let's see, for 2018, it was a little north of $40 million. Okay. Well, it's fun. I was going through notes because I, mm-hmm. I started to go through all the things that you've donated to that I'm involved with or mm-hmm. am impressed with. And I was looking at um, Noah's Ark of Central Florida mm-hmm. and funding mm-hmm. for that came one of the places, as they think, the George yes. Jenkins. Yes. There are, there are so many organizations that we've given to dollar-wise um, throughout our history uh, and we've never talked about it until just the last few years. We've right. started to share some of that. But in addition to the monetary stuff that we do for organizations, our associates are serving on boards. They're putting in yes. countless volunteer hours. They're doing things as well themselves because they want to be involved as responsible citizens in the communities that we serve. And that's one of the bullets in our mission statement. You know, right. I, in fact, we often talk about mission statements. You know, those came out in the 90s. Yes. And that was kind of this big thing. If you Total went into business, you had, yes, you had to have a thing. mission statement. I've always described it to folks as, yeah, you know, someone going into, a, into business writes a mission statement for publics. Well, and those that are going into business, when they write their mission statement, they write it on what they want to be. Right. At Publix, we got to write ours on who we are. Yes. And we've continued to live that for almost 90 years now. Right. Well, I like the quote. There's a quote here. Um, our founder, George Jenkins, was once asked what he thought he would be worth had he not given so much away. Mm-hmm. He said probably nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, and it's hard to, it's hard to understand that it, you know, I've heard that my entire career, you know, probably nothing. What does that mean? Well, right. you know, if you're someone who has access to great means, right. but you're only using your means for yourself, well, then what are you worth to everyone else around you? You're worth nothing. Right. And so well, this if it's so fascinating to me because I have a great grandfather who owned a grocery store mm-hmm. on 7th Avenue in Ybor City. Mm-hmm. And I can remember hearing stories about doing the depression how hard it was because everyone was writing IOUs. Yes. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. I don't know if the audience likes this, but I love history. And mm-hmm. George Jenkins went through the 30s. He had finally got his first major modern Publix. He mm-hmm. ends up going through World War II mm-hmm. before he can expand. Mm-hmm. So there's so many things here. But I think the, the secret of all of this is it is the largest employee-owned company in the nation. Yes. And I think that's the secret. I mean, that's that's decades. That's from the very beginning, and that's decades before Walmart. I mean, that was the big yeah. thing when Walmart first came out was that you can own a piece of it. So when Mr. George opened the first store in 1930, he realized in that first year in business, and again, he's 23 years old. That's what's amazing about all of this. He realized that... If his business is going to be successful, he needs those folks that are working with him to have skin in the game. 
Because right. if you've got skin in the game, and especially during the Depression, yes. then you're going to work more for it. Right. So this is the amazing part. So what does he do? He's still trying to turn a profit. He goes to the bank and he borrows money so that he can give each one of his six associates a $2 a week raise in the form of public stock. And they would get it at the end of the year if they stayed on with him. Right. And that's how you got stock was just being it being given to you by the company up until 1959. So we were in business for almost 30 years before associates were allowed to buy public stock. So you can buy it today and right. the company gives it to you. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's just absolutely amazing. Well, we've been talking about charities, but what's interesting is like if you just look at your corporate campaigns, you do the Special Olympics, but you do Feeding America, Food for Sharing, Food for All, Children's Miracle Network, Marta Dimes, Tools for Back to School, and United yeah. Way. And those are yeah. the corporate ones. Those aren't all the... The soccer, youth soccer. Yes, and, and, and you know the you mentioned United Way on there. So, yes. so aside from United Way, all of those other campaigns are the campaigns that are happening at the register where our customers and our associates are able to make a donation whenever they're purchasing groceries. Yes. The United Way, um, that is 100% strictly public's associates making donations to United Way. For 2018 alone, our pledges were over $65 million. Wow. Um, That's amazing. It is. Yes. Just for 2018. Um, In 2017, it was $63 million and change. And that's the annual campaign. That's our annual campaign. So we kick off our campaign in August. Um, It runs for a couple of weeks in September, and then we're done. Yes, well, anyone can go to the public's website mm-hmm. as far as donations go. Yes, and you guys have donated to the show. Yes, yeah, so so this is yeah, so yes. So donations in another way is yes. so we have public supermarkets who I represent, right? And then we have our foundation, public supermarkets charities. Uh, if anyone out there is looking for uh, a donation from Publix or our foundation, we have a website that is publix.com slash request with no s on the end. Can you and, say it one more time? Yes, absolutely. It's publix.com slash request, again, with no S on the end. Request is singular. Um, it's basically a three-step process. The organization has to go in and register themselves first. Once they're registered, anyone can go into the system and register as a volunteer on behalf of the organization and make a request. Um, early on in the process, um of the request process, there's a bulleted survey, like with radio buttons. Right. If you select cash, as long as your organization is a 501c3, the system will automatically push it over to our foundation. If you select anything else in that list, it's going to come over to the public side of the fence. And the rationale there is our foundation is only giving away cash. At Publix, right. we can give away food, we can do gift cards, we in can time. do cash, yes. right, all kinds of things. So... So we both have budgets that we work from annually. Public supermarket charities has a much deeper budget. Right. <laughs> but we're both really set up to do as much as we can abroad a lo- or across a broad spectrum. So it, we kind of laugh from time to time. You will get requests from organizations that we've never heard of. We have no idea what they do. We don't know anybody there, and they'll ask us for $250,000. We're probably not going to make that donation. <laughs> 
So we oh we we both approach it with a crawl, walk, run mentality. We want to establish a relationship with the organization right. over time. Right. We want to see organizations not just succeed today, but we want to see them succeed and be sustainable over a lifetime or many right. lifetimes. Right. So you want to know that your money is being used yes. to good use. The, the last thing I think any organization wants to do is make a donation to an organization, and then next year that organization doesn't exist. You yes. you want to donate to something that's sustainable. Yes. I've had that feeling before. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's not a good feeling because then mm-hmm. you feel like you've misjudged your own personal resources, and, mm-hmm. and why didn't you see that? Or, yes. And, yes. Or it's or giving money to someone that – in a parking lot, and then they go and get in a better car than you have. Right. <laughs> Those kind of things. Well, why don't we take a break there sure. and continue the conversation on the other side? I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I'm here with Brian West, the Media and Community Relations Manager for Public Supermarkets. We are discussing public's velocity, showing no preference when it comes to hiring employees who are differently able. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you listen to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. I'm here with Brian West, the Media and Community Relations Manager for Public Supermarkets. We are discussing public philosophy of showing no preference when it comes to hiring employees who are differently abled. And I want to spend this segment talking about all the jobs and all the special programs you have for those with special needs. So for me, my children have gone to the PEP and Transition Program, and you have the Public's Transition Vocational Training. Can you tell our audience a little bit about that? So we're always looking for ways to really help any way we can in introducing folks into the business world. Yes. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of employment law that comes into play as well and that you have to work around. So um, when we're hiring folks, um, those with intellectual disabilities are not. Right. We'd like to think that our managers are really looking at what are a a person's abilities, not their inabilities. And as long as you can focus on what their abilities are, um, we're probably going to be pretty successful in not only getting them hired, but also retaining them over a period of time. Yes. So we have uh, more than 1,100 different jobs at Publix. And to, and to give you a pers- some perspective here, if you again, if you shop at Publix, um, I do. good, good. <laughs> so imagine, you know, your store has a store manager. Right. Today we operate twelve hundred and eighteen stores. So we have twelve hundred and eighteen store managers, but that's one position of more than eleven hundred positions that we have at Publix. Right. So a front service clerk, the one that's uh, bagging your groceries for us, geez, there's probably 20 or so, maybe more, depending on the size and volume of a store at pretty well every location that we have. Right. But again, that's one position. 
cashier is one position. So more than 1,100 yes. different jobs. So in our stores, typically most of our customers will have experiences with um, someone who has an intellectual uh, disability at checkout. Right. And they're usually bagging groceries. Because, again, we're focusing on what their abilities are. Right. And bagging groceries is is something that most people can handle. Right. Um, depending on their ability, you may find them in other roles uh, within the store as well. You might find them stocking the shelves. Yes. Um, uh, off off air, we were talking about face what we call facing the shelf. Yes. Well, like my daughter is OCD. That's a perfect job. <laughs> like where you turn everything around, everything has to be lined up. Everything has. I mean, her yes, room is that it's way. It's got to look good. Yes. Right. So, yes. Turn the labels around so they're all facing the same way. Right. So then it, you know, everything beyond that really just becomes okay. But what is this particular person's ability? Right. And, and if there are no limits to their ability, then there's pretty well no limit in what they can do at Publix. It's really up to them. And to put that into perspective, mm-hmm. our CEO, Todd Jones, does not have a college education, and he started with Publix bagging groceries. Wow. And so here he is. No limits. He is, right, no limits. He is the CEO of a $36 billion organization. Yes. So, so truly based on abilities? Truly ability. based on abilities, yes. 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 Well, there's a saying, you know, that old saying about it's not who you, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. I like the twist on that. It's not who you know or what you know, it's who knows you. Oh, I love Isn't that? I, do. I mean, I like that's what that. it's really like about. That. It is. So if it someone is. knew that you would be great at this human, <laughs> human relations position, right? I think and, I was the only one that applied for the job. Oh, well, that. <laughs> Nothing like timing, right? (laughs) Nothing like timing. Yes. But the other thing that you do, you do a lot with Hillsborough County Public Schools, Mm -hmm. and I hear a lot about their programs, so they're working with Publix. I know Pepin is, what is it, uh, 53rd and Fowler. Yes. And then Mm -hmm. they're also by Davis Island. Yeah, so we've, uh, again, another job that we have with Publix, we have folks uh, who are called staffing specialists. Yes. And they do everything from... Uh, holding job fairs um, at colleges, at universities, at high schools. You know, they're all over the place holding job fairs to introduce people to the job opportunities that are available at Publix. Mm -hmm. But they're also helping to set up those vocational programs where we can, when we can. You know, if if most people, their experience with Publix is the experience that they get whenever they shop our store. And so as they move through our store their experiences with the bakery or the deli or the produce Mm. department or the meat department or somewhere in the grocery aisle or the cashier but that's very very limited yeah we've got 1218 stores but that represents just a piece of the job opportunities that are available so away from our retail store we have manufacturing facilities we have distribution facilities we've got a corporate office located in Lakeland. We've got an IS department. We've got risk management, pharmacy. I mean, it, it, there's all kinds of things that you can do at Publix. Yes. Well, it's it's interesting to me. Just uh, Publix. Um, <laughs> um, it's fun to go to Publix and see all the kids I know. And there's yes. some kids that I've known over the years, and they'll be working at Publix bagging groceries, mm-hmm. or I'll see the pepping kids working on the aisle. And it's fun to watch them and know that they're learning a skill. But um, you told me that the Publix 
by me is going to be torn down by USF. Yes. Uh, the store on the corner of, it's roughly 56th and Fowler. I think it's actually right. 53rd and Fowler. Yes, yes. Um, yes, we're going to tear that store down and rebuild it. We have not set an exact date yet, but that will happen in the near future. Okay. Um, so you will see that store come completely down to the ground and you will see a brand new store come up out of the ground. Wow. Um, so if you shop at that particular location, you probably know that that store is old and tired. It was opened February 11th, 1987. Wow. And so it's 32 years old yes. and uh, it's time to be replaced. But once it's replaced, Wow. Wait till you see what you get. Yes. Well, I've been to the new Publix at USF. Mm -hmm. Maria was working at University of South Florida. They're not at Publix, but mm -hmm. for USF. Right. But that is an amazing store, and it's the first in the country, right? Yes. that is this, Our USF uh, campus Publix is our first on-campus Publix anywhere in our footprint. So uh, we're pretty excited about it. It's doing really well. Um, we yes. get to interact with the students every day. There's there's a lot of traffic that comes into the store from off campus. Yes, well, I go there. And it's also a great, if you just need meals that are ready to go, because you're dealing with college students, yes. you guys have everything. You know, it was funny. I was there for the morning that we opened that store. And at 7 a.m., we opened the doors. Yes. And at 7.30 a.m., we had a line for sub sandwiches. That didn't end. The store is scheduled to close at 10. Right. We kept the store open until 11 o'clock that night because of the sub sandwich line. Wow. The store folks will will joke that, yeah, we're really a store built around a deli because the deli is just rocking and rolling at that location. Yeah, it's an amazing mm -hmm. store. But um, it's interesting to me about Publix because anytime there, did you find everything you need? Mm -hmm. What did you need? We can order it for you. <laughs> Are you asked, well, I'm looking for this. They don't just tell you where it is. They take you to where it is. And um, there is a store that went out of business recently. And I can remember, <laughs> I can remember, well, okay, for kids. If you have kids, my older two didn't eat cookies. But if they did, your free cookie for the yes, cookie club, the cookie it program. helps. And they were members of the cookie club for two or three years before they finally won the big cookie. Awesome. <laughs> yes, and they had their picture on the wall. So that was a great day. But um, that free cookie helps it does. a lot it does. get the kids to the store. And then there were other places. There's another store, that um, a department store that offers the dollar thing that you can buy at the front of the store. Anyway, this other store that went out of business, I remember the management being there. And it was always so hard for me to take the kids because they're special ed, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, you guys need a dollar section here because that would make it so much easier. Mm -hmm. They just kind of yeah. ignored me. Yeah. I went, but. <laughs> you know, our, our founder, Mr. George, was always thinking about people. Yes. And he was always trying to think, what can I do for my customer? What else can I do for my customer? When he opened his first supermarket in 1940, He's watching the meat case be put in, and, you know, the meat case has – it's refrigerated, keep yes. everything cool. As he's watching it put in, he notices the coils that the cold water is going to be running through, and he asks the plumber, is it possible for us to tap into that? I'd like to put a water fountain in here if we can for my customers. Oh, wow. And so he did. We've got pictures of a water fountain on the side of the, the meat cooler. What's amazing is that's 1940. Right. This is 1940. He's trying to think of what else can he do for his customer. Mm -hmm. He was always thinking about the customer first. And, you know, 
we live in a broken world. And if we thought about others as much as we think of ourselves, the world would be such a better place. Yes. Well, you know what's so interesting to me about capitalism Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that people don't understand if, if, for instance, my show will do well if it's a service to however many people it can be a service to. Sure. If it's not a service to a lot of people, then it won't mm-hmm. be. It won't do well. Mm-hmm. That's just what capitalism is. Mm-hmm. I, that's not a bad thing. Right. And I think for Publix, it's a reflection of the service that they've been. My husband and I, we have a friend that um, he had gone through a divorce, and he says, well, I always know what I'm eating based on the buy one, get one free <laughs> <laughs> at that's Publix. Awesome. He that's says, awesome. that's how I keep my budget. That's awesome. So, and it's fun. Sometimes, like, wait, I met the one by USF. You'll see that, especially at the beginning of the year, you'll see the kids coming in that have never been the grocery store stopping before. Right. That's oh, always yeah. interesting. You yes. can just kind of. You can tell. You can tell. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a talent to it. Well, awesome. why don't we take a break there? I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. I'm here with Brian West, the Media and Community Relations Manager for public supermarkets and we're talking about all things great at Publix for those with special needs and everyone else. To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM860, The Answer. I'm here with Brian West, the Media and Community Relations Manager for Public Supermarkets, and we are discussing all things great at Publix. Uh, one of the things that I think is really cool about Publix is let's say you have a, uh, a young adult with special needs. Mm-hmm. They can learn a job at Publix. And let's say the family wants to move around in the mm-hmm. southeast, mm-hmm. the child's learning – or young adult. They're learning transferable skills, and they can work anywhere. Yes. And yes. that – because you have, what, 1,200 locations, you said? 1,218. Wow. Currently okay. 1,218. Wow. So <laughs> and can, growing fast. Yes. So they can go anywhere and work anything. Now, interesting statistic, as you told me, you know, I, I saw an article in the paper that I tore out. This is, I mean, I've been following Publix for a long time because I've wanted to have you on the show. And there was an article that I tore out last January 2018, and it was about supermarket superstars, mm-hmm. and it was talking about Special Olympians. And mm-hmm. you just told me that you have 800 Special Olympians? More, more than 800. We, wow. So just from Florida? Just in Florida. Wow. We So we're often asked – um, how many uh, associates do you have at Publix who have an intellectual disability? Well, because of labor relations laws, right. we're not allowed to track that. No, no employer is. You can't right. track information on folks with any kind of a disability. But because we have a very close relationship with Special Olympics, um, Special Olympics Florida um, constantly shares with us the number of athletes that they have that they know work at Publix. Wow. So we know that we've got north of 800 uh, athletes working at Publix just here in the state of Florida. Wow, that's amazing. Now, something interesting you told me, everyone knows the store is going to be torn down in Temple Terrace, but yes. you just that no one ever gets laid off at Publix. Yeah, so uh, if you've ever had – your Publix um, <laughs> disappear so, disappear because it was an old, tired store. When that happens, if you don't know, um, here we are. We're, 
let's see, in, in September this year, we will celebrate 89 years in business. Wow. In our 89-year history, we've never had a layoff in the history of the company. We're all associate owners. We own yes. the company. So when we tear a store down, we offer jobs to everyone in the store in at other stores in the surrounding area. Right. Um, and so that's traditionally what will happen. They will move to other stores. We will tear that location down, rebuild it. Many of those associates that were working at the original store, many of them will transfer back. Not all. Right. Some choose to stay at the new location where they are. Um, but we always have to hire as well because you have to hire new associates. But people will think many times that when we open a new location, if there's 150 people that we're going to employ, that they're all brand new and they're not. Right. A very small number of them will be brand new to the company. We always want new associates surrounded by seasoned associates. That's how we perpetuate our culture. Correct. That makes complete yes. sense. Now, I was noticing you're, you're big into online shopping, but you were telling me that you first started that in 1997? In 1997, we opened Publix Direct. Wait, wait, wait. 1999, I think, was when Amazon started. That was my first order from Amazon was 1999. So you wow. were way ahead of your time. Yes. So we've, you know, we're fortunate. We've got a lot of great people in leadership at Publix. And we, in the grocery industry, you're, you're fighting for three cents on the dollar. That's that's for profit. That's the industry average is three cents on the dollar. So you've got to figure out ways to be inefficient or efficient and be innovative. And so innovation has always been part of who we are. In 1997, we thought of online ordering and delivery and we started offering that. We did it for a couple of years, but it just we made money, but we didn't make as much as we needed to make on it. So we closed it down. Um, I explain it to folks as, you know, it's hard to, to believe that we've only had smartphones since 2007, but that's how much technology has right. changed. You know, it's, you almost forget about the times when you had to pick a phone up off the wall or off the desk and there was a cord attached to it. Yes. We actually asked my daughter, have you ever used a <laughs> dial phone that you actually have to dial? So with those changes in technology, it allows uh, for more innovation. And so now you're seeing other retailers get into online ordering and delivery, just like Publix has jumped back into the fray. So uh, it's it's competitive. It, it's growing by leaps and bounds. It's still a sliver of our business, but, but there's definitely room for more growth than online ordering and delivery. Well, I've seen where they're setting it up in front of the Publix where people can pick them up or mm-hmm. however they do all that, yes. which is amazing. Well, if you're a listener out there, let's say for those listeners that your adult child is past transition school age, past mm-hmm. 22, you can call your local vocational rehab officer. Mm-hmm. I don't think officer is the right name. <laughs> vocational rehab counselor <laughs> that will help you find a job and possibly help you find a job at Publix, right? Is that the yeah. best way to go well, if you don't feel like your so, adult so child's would, ready? It, it really depends. I, I think it's going to depend on their ability. If you right. think that they're that they're ready to come work at Publix, what I would tell them is go online and apply. And then as soon as they've applied, go to the particular location that they're wanting to work and introduce themselves. They should introduce themselves to the store manager. Shake their hand. Right. Say hello. It gives the store manager a chance to connect the face, the name, because otherwise you're just a name on a piece of paper. Right. Um, and then be persistent. Our store managers want to know that whoever out there really wants to work at Publix. It's not yes. just a whim. 
Right. And so I, there are countless stories of store managers who have gone on to great things with Publix who they will say, geez, I had to come back every day for three weeks before they hired me. And it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. So it just depends. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Publix, for all that you do for our community. I'm, you're very welcome. It's my pleasure. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Don't forget to like the Special Needs Family Hour Facebook page, and please join us next Sunday afternoon at 1. Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at specialneedsfamilyhour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. Special Needs Family Hour, Inc. is a nonprofit 501c3 organization. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1, only on AM 860. The Answer.